Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 16th edition. We're talking Conor McGregor. We're talking Floyd Mayweather. We're talking McGregor and Equity. Two UFC shows, Kovalev and Ward, Bellator 165. Plenty to get into. I am joined by Showdown Joe. Joe, how are you? Doing pretty good, my man, other than, uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, being declined a UFC press credential in my own backyard. Uh, just dealing with that right now. I get it. I guess uh, maybe we've been we're perhaps a little late, to my understanding. Yes. But uh, yeah, I guess my social media fans are not happy with Dana White UFC, and uh, it's all good. I've uh, I've texted Dana. I've talked to some of the peeps. I actually called Schaller. So we'll see what's up. Uh, but there are some. Bitter Canadian fans right now, and uh, it's all good. We'll, uh, the bottom line is this. If, if I don't get credentialed for the UC in Toronto, I'm still going to sleep in my bed at home and wake up and do what I got to do. I'm still going to watch the event and whatever, you know? So, Well, to be fair, I didn't know that you wanted to cover the event or I would have applied before the damn deadline, but I didn't know till yesterday. So I – eh. Eh, I, I think you'll end up being at the event, which means we'll have right. a podcast probably the next day. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, there's not a fan that follows me on social media that's going to blame you or, or, or agree with you. Uh, I mean, just scroll through my timeline and people are like, what up? And <laughs> I think it'll get straightened out. I think it'd be based, Sean, but the amount of the amount of work that I did for the for the UFC to get them to where they needed to be in Canada for seven years. You are you are definitely not happy. You are very pissed about this, aren't you? Uh yeah, disappointed. You know, like there's media there that let's be honest for sure. for a second. There's media that are credentialed there that you know, if it wasn't for me and my team at Sportsnet wouldn't even be covering mixed martial arts. So a good point come on man let's 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 just be honest for one second here i i I don't want to sound like a jerk around like that but come on man i'm trying to cover your sport guys you you, you, your ratings are down in this country ever since you left sportsnet so i agree i hey 
I'll take responsibility. Had I, had I known that we were sending you, because I mean, it, Jimmy Van didn't tell me till yesterday, so I blame Jimmy Van. It's all Jimmy Van's fault. He's the other Canadian in on this deal. <laughs> all good, man. All good. As, you know, we just blame Canada. They wrote a song about it. I'll ask you: Do you blame Conor McGregor for wanting equity in the UFC, Joe? You're blaming Canada for for him wanting equity in the UFC? Or are you asking? No, uh, asking does he deserve? You, you, I'm asking you if you blame him. Do you do you think that's a step he should have taken? Now I've heard a lot of people say things like, "Well, if you're giving this guy equity, what about the Chuck Liddells and the Rich Franklins and the Matt Hughes that came before him?" Well, they didn't sell 1.5 million pay per views three times in a row, but we're in a much different place now. The UFC wasn't worth 4.2 billion dollars back then. It is now. Yeah, I mean, um, do I think he deserves uh, equity? It's it's a it's it's a fine line as to how you want to look at that type of that type of relationship, partnership slash business venture, um, as opposed to what you know George Saint Pierre and, and and for those that read my article and heard our last podcast, I've been trying to get the footage of my interview with George Saint Pierre last Friday. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm baffled that the other people that were there covering it haven't put it online yet. Uh, Cause George flat out said the same thing that Conor McGregor saying, and that so many other fighters are saying uh, choosing to become free agents because they're not getting paid what they believe they deserve. Uh, you know, George basically gave out a number. He's like, I'm not worth, I don't believe I'm worth 8%. I believe I'm worth a lot more when it comes to what the UFC makes versus what I'm getting paid. Well, Conor McGregor is saying the same thing. If, you know, if I'm one of the main reasons why this company is making this much money, I want more. So maybe not equity, but at least for whenever he fights to get paid more. Right. And, you know, George reiterated, you know, look at these other sports, 50, 50, nine times out of 10, right. It's 50, 50 between certain players, associations and sporting leagues. That's all he's asking for. He wants more than his 8%. That's all he's saying. And I think Conor McGregor wants the exact same thing. Equity, I don't know, because equity means you, know, you need to be working uh, every single show or, or, or invest. Or it's, it's, it's tough to look at the way he's looking at equity as opposed to just simply saying, look, when I fight, I want more. Also, what he wants is $100 million to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. <laughs> now, I, I don't disagree with him there either. I think he is the pay-per-view king now. Floyd Mayweather is not the pay-per-view king anymore. Not only that, he's not an active fighter. And if Mayweather's last fight was any indication of the interest that is left in him, then the ball is in the, you know, well, I don't want to say the ball is in McGregor's court because the ball is really in uh, Mayweather's court, but it's I mean McGregor is the pay-per-view king now. That's really just all I'm trying to say. McGregor three straight times is going to crack 1.5 million buys. What did Mayweather get That's in his last pay-per-view? Um, I feel like it was 500,000 maybe. No, was it that low? Come on. Let me let me look. I am sure I am sure that it was really really low. But I'm either drawing, way, I'm drawing a blank right now. Did him and Pacquiao break two? Yeah, him and Pacquiao did four. Four, yeah. Okay, so yeah, all right. Yeah. So, but that that was the mega fight boxing needed and wanted for for the longest time. It took too long to be put together. Uh, but yeah, okay. So if they, if they do it again, they'll be lucky to get 1.5. Lucky, <laughs> very, very lucky. 
You're absolutely correct because at this point here, I don't think – based oh, on that, the way that fight went sorry, down. Sorry, go ahead. It wasn't against Ward. It was against Berto, and it did 400,000. Kidding me. 400,000 uh, just uh, four months after the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. Bad. That's the worst he had had since uh, November of 06 against Baldemir. Wow. That's that's uh yeah so I guess Connor is the pay per view king right now and good for Connor because he called it he said he was going to do it uh, and you know almost everything that he's ever said about what he's going to do when he came into the UFC has basically come true so yeah he's the king I mean this whole hundred million thing to fight Floyd Mayweather um, I, I don't I don't think. I don't, I don't think he can beat Floyd Mayweather in boxing. I mean, that's all Floyd's done his whole life. Yes, Connor's got this incredible skill and stuff like that, but Floyd Mayweather is, is Floyd Mayweather, right? He boxes. That's what he does for a living. I think McGregor's doing the right thing and keeping it on his side. He's saying, listen, I'll fight you in an MMA fight, like whatever the hell you want, but you're afraid of a real fight. You're afraid of what would happen in a real fight. So if you want me to box you, it's going to cost you $100 million. And the, like I said, the leverage is all on McGregor right now. He is the, the guy right now. And Dana White is, is jumping in too. Because McGregor tried to trash Mayweather saying – or Mayweather tried to trash McGregor saying, oh, I didn't know he was undefeated and didn't know that he held titles across five weight divisions. <laughs> and Dana White says, like, Floyd Mayweather is the cure for insomnia which I, you, you can't disagree with. And people saying that Mayweather would knock McGregor out. It's like, man, have you watched McGregor or have you watched Mayweather fight for the last eight years? Like, what have you been watching since really the Hatton fight? You had the Victor Ortiz fight, but that was certainly an unusual circumstance for a knockout uh, for sure. Hey, I think McGregor's doing the right thing. He is using Mayweather, using him as he should. Yeah, I think it's bang on. If if there was an MMA fight between those two, oh my god, maybe they wouldn't last a round. I mean, it would it wouldn't even be close. Maybe maybe a minute. Maybe yeah, a minute. It, 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 sorry, Floyd. It's a different ball game altogether. But you know, you you reverse the roles. I, I'm obviously I, no matter what kind of a counterfighter you think Floyd Mayweather is, uh, this is all he's done. Uh, his whole life, he's been boxing. He knows and has seen. Uh, you know, you can say whatever you want about Conor McGregor and the way he stands and the way he strikes and stuff like that. It's a different ball game when it's just boxing. It's a completely different, and, and vice versa. It's not yeah. boxing. It's a different ball game when it's MMA. So, uh, I, I sometimes I don't quiver talking about this stuff. Sometimes you know, boxing versus MMA. But the reality is, if it's an MMA fight, the mixed martial artist is going to win. If it's a boxing bout, the boxer is going to win. Here's one for you. Who stands a better chance, McGregor in a boxing match or Mayweather in an MMA fight? McGregor in a boxing match. I would agree because of the knockout power. Yeah. The insane knockout power that he has. And he seems a little bit bigger than Mayweather too. So that's a benefit. Now, there's this Kovalev-Ward fight. Does this capture your interest as a casual fan? Do you even know who they are? I know they are. Of course I do. Um, will, will I be watching? Probably not. Especially while there is a UFC show, a Bellator show, and WWE NXT, which I'm sure you will be glued. Hey, it's in Toronto. Go watch it. <laughs> you could say that, I know. <laughs> Maybe they'll give you credentials, Joe. It probably would. They'd be like, who are yeah, you? Honestly. Just some random WWE Canadian. Loves okay. WWE loves us 
people with those blue check marks. They'll give them to anybody if you got that blue check mark. Wow. They they would probably love it if you were like, oh yeah, I worked for Fightful and I worked for Sportsnet. Then um they'd probably be like, oh shit, they'd trip over themselves to give you a press pass. But um this fight, obviously, Carlos Toro is covering it for Fightful. We'll be talking about it Sunday afternoon, likely, uh, when Joe and I do a show. I mentioned the podcast schedule to you guys. I'm doing the NXT TakeOver Toronto show right after that show. Then Joe and I will come at you Sunday afternoon. Then I do the Survivor Series show. It's the biggest fight right now in boxing in 2016, in my opinion, because you got so many guys out. Wilder's hurt. Tyson Fury's hurt. Klitschko's hurt. Well, Tyson Fury's a little messed up. He's retired. Klitschko's hurt. Um, the Triple G Canelo fight doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. It's just a rough night to be on pay-per-view for boxing, Joe. You've got two free major, well, pretty big MMA cards, not major. The UFC show isn't major. And a WWE show. And that that is, we see it here. The crossover audience exists, Joe. Joe. The whole thing on the weekend, it's, it's just not good for boxing. Um, I'm still baffled with the Triple G Canelo thing. Like, have you guys not learned your lesson from, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather? Like, get this fight going some way, somehow, figure it out, get it going. But, uh, you know, I love my boxing, still enjoy it every so often, but not when there's that many UFCs, the cards, and, and Bellator that i got to pay attention to or at least somehow glance at the same time, you know. And, you know, and, and Saturday night, there's tons of other sports as well that people want to pay attention to. Up here in Canada, I mean, Saturday night is hockey night. I mean, it's hockey night in Canada. It's a challenge to have, you know, UFC. That's one of the reasons why the UFC had such a hard time with, with Sportsnet when they, were, when they were negotiating is that when Sportsnet got the NHL deal, you know, their big nights for hockey were Wednesday and Saturday, well, when does the UFC have their products on? Wednesday is the Ultimate Fighter. Saturday is their events. So it was always a challenge, and you know whatever. So boxing is going to have a hard time this weekend, in my opinion. It's just it, there's so much that consumers can select from, and you know we'll see what happens. Speaking of hockey, how about those damn Blue Jackets, Joe? What is up with Tortorella's team? Wow! Hey, That's craziness. Hey, that shutout, I think it was last week, the week before, 9 to nothing or 10 to nothing? 10 to nothing against the Montreal Canadiens. So let me ask you this. Who is the most hated team on Sean Ross Sapp's like, lifetime brain? In hockey? No, no, in any sport whatsoever. Oh. Like, who do you despise? Oh, the Louisville Cardinals. College sports. I hate the Louisville Cardinals. I'm a Kentucky sports fan. And if we're talking pro sports, then it's probably the Cubs or the Cardinals. Uh, Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the Bengals. But that that Cardinals rivalry got pretty rough there for a while. So when it comes to hockey here, uh, obviously born in Toronto, raised in Toronto, die hard. My, my, My blood is blue, blue and white. Toronto Maple Leafs are hated absolutely despised team is the Montreal Canadiens. So when the Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets whooped them 10 nothing, I mean there were some <laughs> some some not avid celebrations out here, but it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I'll say this. I am trying to get into hockey. When I went to Columbus for the Arnold Classic last year, I went to go to a game. I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets have ever been good enough to have a damn rival. So 
Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. They've, they've never been. They haven't. Uh, I think they made the playoffs three or four times. Don't quote me on yeah. that. Three or four times. But hey, I'll yeah. be I'll be glued to the screen if they make it this year. Yeah. Either way, we have a couple of UFC shows and a Bellator show to talk about. We're gonna. I'm gonna be very selective in these fights that I pick to talk about because there are a lot of them. The show starts <laughs> Belfast, like at 12:15 p.m. Eastern with a ton of fight pass prelims that I'm wondering why the hell half these aren't on the main card. Uh, Marion Renault versus Milena Dudavia. 135-pound fight. A lot of people were expecting a lot out of Marion Renault. She's up there in the years, Joe, but she's going to hang around in this division, and I think she can still make some noise. However, she's facing the Russian, and that's a tall task. It's a big-time task for her i mean um i do understand what you're saying about she's going to be around for a while but it's it's going to be tough yeah these these prelim fights i mean there's some some sick fights on there uh but i'm more i'm I'm not really concerned about where these fights are what's happening it's going to be a long saturday my man it's going to be a long saturday and we, we will be bringing you this show our show sunday that way we can actually take it all in Sunday afternoon, hopefully it won't conflict with the Bengals game. Although maybe maybe I hope it will because they suck. Another major fight, like this could be the co-main event. Ali Bagatinov, Kyoji Horiguchi, two former title challengers going at it. I am over the moon about Kyoji Horiguchi. I think even though he's the number four ranked flyweight, I think he's one of the most underrated flyweights in the world. I think that he can hang with anybody except for Mighty Mouse Johnson. Bogatinov, well, we'll see how he does without the EPO. Is this his first fight back since the EPO incident? No, I think second, he fought, right? Yeah, he fought once, but I mean, he's fighting Kaioji Horiguchi. Yeah, Horiguchi's going to bring the pain. He's going to bring the pain. He loves to. He's just going to sit there and just go toe to toe with them. But actually, he won't go toe to toe with them. I don't think he will. Uh, he'll be smart with it. But because uh, I don't think, I mean, I think the power obviously lands in um, you know. With, with, Ali's favor sort of thing, but the Gooch, the Gooch can fight. Let's let's be honest here. It's going to be a great scrap. Yeah, I mean, Kyoji Horiguchi sure as hell ain't Gene Herrera. And that's all Bagatinov has beaten in the last, really, two and a half, three years. Uh, I think Horiguchi's going to take this one. I don't think it'll be close. I, I, think he'll, I think he'll look great against Bagatinov. Another one I don't expect to be close Neil Siri versus Ian McCall. This is kind of like tossing Ian McCall a bone. They're just like, here, man, we hope this fight happens. Because this guy, between him and Baby Slice yeah. this Saturday, it's like if either of their fights happen, it's a minor miracle. Like, speaking of Baby Slice, I had a great interview with him, but thanks to the recording software, Pamela on Skype, I didn't get any of it for you guys. No way, no, no, it's the worst ever. I've lost hours of wrestling, MMA interviews that I did over the last week. I'm very pissed off. But Ian McCall's got this fight against Neil Seary. Now, I'll say this. If Neil Seary finds a way to beat Ian McCall, I would not be surprised to see Ian McCall retire. Yeah, but we've already talked about that, right? Like, I think Ian McCall already yeah. has one foot out the door. Uh, it's it's almost like he's just waiting for that one bad or wrong fight to say, okay, that's it, done, done. Almost, all, it's it's not like Misha Tate or anything like that, but it's just okay, done. 
I'm already I'm I've, I've taken enough abuse over the years. Uh, I think he does take out Neil Siri. I really do. I mean, I, I agree with you with your assessment. Uh, I'm not sure about throwing him a bone sort of thing, but I do get the analogy. But I, yeah, I, th- I think if McCall loses to Siri, he's going to be rolling his head back, thinking, "What? Okay, I, I I really can't be here." But before you move on to the main card, because uh, I know you're probably going to rip Loboff for Artem because you're his biggest fan. But um, Kevin Lee's comments about uh, Eddie Alvarez embarrassing the whole lightweight division. And I thought to myself, hmm, I bet you Jim Ross would be happy about that because if you want to make some noise, that's how you make some noise. Like that, yeah. that the champion, the, the former champ, embarrassed the whole division. Yeah. But to be honest, I think McGregor would probably embarrass him at this stage. But hey, hey he's doing the right thing. People, because there were there were a lot of people that said when I when I brought up the Conor McGregor equity thing, they would be like, "Well, what about everybody else?" Well, everybody else isn't selling 1.5 million pay per views. And Kevin Lee, in saying what he said, probably hey, he he wasn't going to sell any pay per views before. Maybe he'll sell one or two. That's how you do it. He's starting. That's how you do it. You start it. You yeah. start somewhere. Make some noise and put pressure on yourself. If you can make noise and put pressure on yourself, and people will have, there'll be eyeballs watching, you know, in a in a positive way, right? You got to do it in a positive way. Just just kind of you know, wreak a little bit of havoc and stuff like that. Shake the boat a little bit, you know. And I think what Kevin Lee's doing is is smart, in my opinion. There are a couple fights on this show: Ross Pearson and Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray's a last minute replacement, and Artem Labov and. Ishihara, they really are. That's just for the European crowd. That's what they're there for. That's that's why these fights are being put on. You think Labov pulls off a victory, the Russian hammer? I won't be able to deal with it if he, if he does because you're going to lose your mind. You're gonna, I will. You're going to hate Ishihara with everything in your in your soul. Like yeah, I, I, I Joe, I just hate it when bad fighters are in the UFC. But that's really where we're at, Sean. That's where we're at, man. It's just so many. Uh, maybe this is I don't why think I think we won't be for very long. I think I think yeah. it's going to go the other direction again. I hope so. I really hope so. Maybe that's why I never got credentialed because I criticize it the fact that there's too many UFC events and too many UFC fighters that shouldn't be there that should be competing on grassroots. They, they don't need. They don't need 14 fights on this card. Not they even didn't close, need, brother. They didn't need 11. 10 would have been fine. I didn't need Labov and Ishihara. I didn't need Elmos and Cooper, who have a combined, oh, let's see, seven fights between the two, or maybe eight. I didn't need, you know, let's see, what else didn't I need? Um, uh, I, I like Brett say, Johns. Brett Johns is a former Titan champion. Yeah, oh, he's going to yeah, be on there. But is he going to, I mean, he's got weight issues. He's always had weight issues. He's had, coming off a knee injury. I didn't need Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Charlie Ward. Uh, I'll. I'm excited for the Mark Godbeer fight because I just love heavyweight fights. I just love heavyweight shit shows. They're, those are great. <laughs> I do. Speaking of, this won't maybe not be a shit show, but we got Alexander Volkov, former Bellator champion, against a top fifteen opponent and a top three of all time mustache in Timothy Johnson. <laughs> he's he's. He's so under the radar with the mustache. Like there's Dan Severn, Don Fry, and him. Which, I mean, I don't know what other mustaches there are, so maybe that's by default. How do you think this works? This is the right type of fight for Alexander Volkov and Timothy Johnson because whichever one of them wins, 
you have a debuting Volkov that either gets a, gets a win over a top 15 opponent, or you have Timothy Johnson, who doesn't have a big, big, big win, getting a win over a former Bellator heavyweight champion. Yeah, these two are meeting at the right time in their careers, in my opinion. This is absolutely a perfect fight. It's a solid fight uh, for the UC to put on. I mean, both these guys, you know, like you said, Sean, these guys are bangers. They're heavyweights. They're going to just, they're going to go at each other. Uh, you know, the, 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 no, I'm not saying they're going to throw technique out the window, but they both, in my opinion, know that they've got to make a statement here because it is an absolute, it's, it's a card that's, um, there's so many fights on here and there's only five fights uh, above all these prelims and you're on the main card. You're going to want to make a statement. You're not going to want to make a, you're not, you're not going to want to put on a boring fight. So, and I can't see these two putting on a boring fight based on the matchup. So yeah, I think they're, they're, they're meeting at the, the perfect time in their career or at the right time in their careers. So Volkov is here. Why do you think Bellator is so willing to walk, let these people walk? I, I, it's weird. The only thing I can think, and it's not the only thing, but one of the things I can think of is, is, is a budget. Is it a budgetary situation? Because that makes no sense. But why are you letting these people walk? It just doesn't make sense. It's super weird. Uriah Hall, Gegard Musashi. Do you think Uriah Hall can pull it off again? I mean, we know he yes. can pull it off. Yes, but that's the thing. He? he probably can, but I don't think he will. Uh, the only thing... I, it's it's these are two guys that for some reason they lose if they choose to lose. Does that make sense? Because yeah, if they're and, on, and they're honestly, on. And well, here's the thing: when either of them are aggressive, they win. Period. Right. When Uriah Hall is aggressive, nobody's beating him that I've seen. Uh, when Gegard Musashi really turns it up, ooh boy, he can turn it up. The thing is, Joe, like when they had that fiasco where OSP ended up fighting John Jones, I was like, I would have much rather it been Musashi. And that's not a gimme for John Jones either. Like, if Musashi would have taken that fight for the interim title, I'm not saying he would have won, but he could have won. I don't think OSP was winning that damn fight. He's just, he's an unbelievable fighter. And a lot of respect for him for wanting to avenge this loss. Oh, big time, big time. I mean, if there's he, he's always going to go down for me uh, as one of those fighters. Um, I'm not sure what we're looking for. It's not underrated, not underappreciated. Just the, the, we know the potential. Under the radar. No, I don't, I don't know if it's under the radar. It's didn't fulfill his actual potential. Is that fair? Sure. Well, I mean, he was highly touted coming out of Japan. He was. Yeah. He beat Mark Hunt. Totally. He's. In, well, when he was fighting for Dream, uh, I told the story before. It came a point when on the TV show we had a segment called "Ask the Insider" because obviously I was at UFC events and blah blah. And behind the scenes, you had video footage of me talking to Dana and Lorenzo and blah blah. Ask the Insider, and they said, "Who is going to be the man to, to beat Anderson Silva?" There's no one out there. Blah 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 blah. I said, "Well, for for any of you non-hardcore fans, there's an event in Japan called Dream. There's a guy named Gegard Musasi. This is the guy." that I believe could really give Anderson Silva a go. And this this is right after I think Musasi took out uh, Jacare Souza with that up kick. And I said, this is the guy that you got to watch out for. And to me, I, I had him in such high, you know, just on this pedestal. And he just really hasn't lived up to what I, I thought he was going to have a belt around his waist in the UC at one point. So, I mean, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, it's weird to say that 31-year-old Gegard Musashi is an OG of MMA, but he is. He's been fighting he since 03. 
And what this accomplishment is the one that I, I put the most put the most in for him. Now he was like 24 when this happened. September of 08, he beat Melvin Manhoof and Jacare at middleweight. At middleweight. Then, like a few months later, I think it was May of 09, he went and beat Mark Hunt at heavyweight. Then a few months later, he popped up in Strike Force and beat Babalu, who was still on top of his game at that point, for the light heavyweight championship. So in about 11 months, he won fights in three weight divisions, won two championships in different weight divisions. And I wonder how things would have went if he stayed in that Super Hulk Grand Prix tournament. He could have won that too. Yeah, That's unbelievable. That He doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, he's taking this fight, but if Uriah Hall turns up the heat, that's, that's what I want to see. That's been, that's been the thing on Uriah Hall all along, way back to the Gaslam fight. You see him kill a guy dead on the ultimate fighter with a spinning wheel kick, and you know what he's capable of. And Chael Sonnen's on there saying, you're a contender for the title right now. And I don't think he was blowing smoke. I think he believed it because Uriah Hall has the tools. He just doesn't have the glue. You know what I mean? He doesn't ever put it all together. It's not, Yeah, it's, it's not just the glue. It's just mental. To, to me, with Uriah Hall, it, it'll always be mental. If he can't get over that mental hump of, of turning himself into a killer and just going in there and realizing I am a bad mofo and I'm going to show everybody why I'm a bad mofo, he just, for some reason, we just never know. And, you know, it's it's just every time I watch him fight now, Sean, it's just pure trepidation. I just sit back and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to see anymore. Like, what's he going to do? Is he going to actually go out there and hurt somebody? Or is he going to be just sitting there and, I'm, you know, I've got the bullets in my gun. Just can't pull the trigger. Can't pull the trigger. So immediately following this event, and it, it may run over. You never know. You got UFC fight night, Sao Paulo. 6 p.m. Eastern, the early prelim start, and there's a very interesting fight on that show, on that those prelims. The bantamweight debut of Justin Scoggins against Pedro Munoz. They did not do Justin Scoggins any favors with this matchup after he failed to make weight against Ian McCall. But Scoggins is still – he's such a promising prospect. Like, I've had my eyes on him for a long time. And he was there. Like, he could have gotten a flyweight title shot with a win or two. But now he's – he's not only is he among a really – maybe the best crop of bantamweights ever, but a crop of bantamweights that moved up from flyweight, like Dodson, like uh, – shit, Lineker, and himself. So you've got an even more depleted flyweight division and even more stacked bantamweight division. Do you think he takes home the win? Uh, and remember, a potential featherweight could be dropping down in Frankie Edgar. So uh, it's a division that, that continues to be like, uh-oh, this is uh... a... <laughs> could you imagine how that division would feel after getting rid of Uriah Faber, who yeah. who beats everybody except for the top guys? And now they're going to have another guy who does that same exact thing for like the next three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But to, to answer your question with Scoggins uh, and Munoz, man, I've seen Scoggins fight... Uh, live, uh, this dude's fast, man. He's just explosive, fearless. 
Um, but I do want to see what, it, what it, how he's going to compete uh, with an extra 10 pounds on his frame because, A, uh, I don't think it'll be a problem, Sean, because of his age. Uh, he is getting older, which not getting older. He's he's his body is filling in right now, which is the challenge for him. Uh, apparently, may, or having a problem losing that weight against the McCall fight. Um, I, I think he's going to be fine. Won't be an easy fight, but man, if he decides to turn it on the way he likes to turn it on in some of those fights at, at uh, 125 pounds, Munoz is in big trouble. Very excited to see Scoggins at this weight. Now we have a battle for the number 15 spot. In the bantamweight division, well, I don't know. Eduardo's number thirteen. Him versus Gamburian. This is going to be a fun fight, or it could be a fun fight, or it could be a really terrible fight. I don't think it's going to be a terrible fight. I think this is going to be great. I mean, Johnny Eduardo's another one of those guys. Is you're just kind of like he was up there. He was in the cusp. He was in title contention. He was in the mix, and then again, he gets hurt. And again, he takes time away. And every time you think he's going to start wreaking some havoc. Something crazy happens in his career, uh, you know. And Manville, he's, he doesn't have a reverse gear. He just doesn't know how to move backward. Uh, you know, I, 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 he's funny as all hell if you ever meet him in person. Um, but his footwork uh, is something uh, that always needs to be worked on. So this is going to be a fun little scrap here. I don't think it's going to be boring at all. Then we have this main card, and this is such a. I said it earlier. Under the radar main card. Worley Alves is facing some dude that doesn't matter. Nobody you hey, would know, Joe. Hey, 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 settle down. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> now, this is a tough matchup for Kamaru. And it's also a tough matchup for Worley Alves. I look at these two. Go look at their pictures on UFC.com and tell me you're not excited for this fight. And I'm not saying that from a physical perspective, ogling over these guys. They both look like they're ready to just wreck some shit. <laughs> They do. So they look true. like like that photographer had to be like, oh, man, I'm sorry. We, that shot was good enough. It's going to be sick. Man. Yeah. It's going to be a good fight. Get him, take him down, and beat him. Come on, Chris. Are, are you showing your bias here? 100% I'm showing my bias. Guys, listen. You are unprofessional. No wonder you don't get credentials. Exactly. There you go. That, now we've all figured it out. Uh, listen, my broadcast partner with Titan, Kamaro Kush Usman, uh, is, is my boy. He's, um, you know, just a great dude, and he's got skills, man. He's he's a guy right now that's underrated and underappreciated. Uh, so, yeah, my heart's going to be watching Kamaro, man. What do you want me to do? Just be biased? Come on. I'm human. No cheering at know. the press table. Ah, whatever. Talis Leites, Christoph Jocko. I think the world of Talis Leites, and I'll tell you why. He fought the worst fight ever against Anderson Silva. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing as a martial artist to watch him just fall over and over again, pretending to fall from leg kicks. And when he had that split decision against Alessio Sakara, the UFC's like, okay, bye. Hit the bricks, buddy. But this dude fought back. Not only did he fight back, he evolved. He could have just stuck around on the regional circuit forever and hit or miss, hit or miss, hit or miss. He could have been a Jesse Taylor. He could have been like that. A guy who just used a little bit of name value he has to get some fights. But he battled back. He battled back. He battled back. Not only that, but then he came back to the UFC and he started to knock dudes out. And he started to use his kickboxing. Now, he's dropped two of his last three fights. 
one of which was a split decision to the current welt or the current middleweight champion another one a decision to Gegard Musashi certainly forgivable now he's facing another uh, top 15 guy in Jocko but for Jocko this is this is a big 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 fight for him he's 18 and 1 he's 27 years old which is young for that division he's won four straight fights he's got he needs he had a performance of the night and his last one, I think it took like three or four punches to, to knock out Tamden McCrory. But this is a big fight for him. How, how do you think this one goes? Well, the one thing we talked about, you and I, uh, when Salas competed against Kamozi, is that we believed he got too comfortable. Uh, Thalas or Leite's got too comfortable with his striking and forgot about his jiu-jitsu, which basically got him to the big show. Well, he returned to his jiu-jitsu. Uh, and emerge victorious and a great scrap. Uh, in Jocko defeating uh, Tandon the way he did, he continues to prove why uh, he, he's more than a prospect. So it's a solid scrap. Uh, but again, I think if, if Thales cannot sit there and stand and bang with him, because if he does, he's probably going to get in trouble. He's got to get this fight down to the ground, control him, uh, and play the game if he has to, like he did with Kamozi, and try and go for that rear naked. Try and go for that rear naked. Try and go until you finally get it. Uh, I'd rather be, you know, it's 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 the old Damian Maya thing. I don't want to get hit in the face. I'll take you down, and I'll just yeah. keep working my submission till the bell rings. Bell rings. All right, go to my corner. <laughs> Can we come back out? I don't want to get punched in the face. I'm taking you down to the ground. I'm going to work a submission, and that's what Thalas needs to do. Fully agree. Claudia Gedalia, the number one ranked women's strawweight, is fighting Courtney Casey, who is unranked. I See, this is a fight that I don't want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see this. Now, Courtney Casey has won two fights in a row. But, but, she should not be fighting. She should not be fighting this woman. Absolutely not. No. If she... Okay, I'll put it like this. After this fight, if we see Courtney Casey fight before next July, I will be surprised. (laughs) Okay, got it. Maybe August. (laughs) All right. She's going to need a long break after this fight. And if you're going on Conor McGregor's recommendation, it'll probably be a year. Yeah. You think Conor's going to be out for a year? No, no, no. He says that people need to let their brains heal for a year after they've been knocked out cold. So, there you go. It's, it's, hey, I'm glad that we get to watch Claudia Gadelia fight. I'm not glad that we have to watch Courtney Casey fight her. Hmm. Maybe, but you know, it is MMA. You can shock the world. Number 11, Thomas Almeida against Albert Morales. Now, the experience... Albert Morales has like a third of the fights of Almeida. Now, you're not going to see a lot of people Almeida's age with that many fights anyway. But Almeida's looking to uh, come back from that that TKO loss to Cody Garbrandt in May. And he was riding, I mean, obviously he was riding a hot streak. He was undefeated before then. But even in the UFC, he was 4-0. I look for that to continue against Morales, but Morales... I don't. It's just not the time for him to have this fight. I think they should have. It should have been somebody a little more experienced, in my opinion. 
repeat repeat the same sentiments as the last fight pretty much yeah i mean it's it's some of these matchups sometimes when they get put together i was like oh no it's like it's it's we're, i'm gonna call it the sean ross app throw a bone fight you know it's just it's just not cool throw her a bone right it's just you know, I, I don't like seeing these fights and we can we can talk about sometimes that in mixed martial arts anything can happen i mean even with landon venato or or, or when, when he fought um, uh venato when he fought ferguson yeah, we we just felt different in that fight, and we were proven wrong. Anything can happen in mixed martial arts. Totally get it, but man, I hate seeing these fights. I hate, I hate when they get put together. I just, I mean, with so many fighters on the on or so many guys on the roster and girls in the roster. Oh, come on. Then the main event. Needless to say, I will be watching Spike TV live <laughs> because Ryan Bader versus Antonio Rogério Nogueira, Nogueira, who is somehow still ranked in the top 10 among UFC light heavyweights. This guy should have gotten beat by Jason effing Brills back in the day. Here he is still hanging around. Oh, I am not looking forward to this fight. I'm not. I don't want to watch this fight. I'm going to have to watch this fight. When they booked this fight, I was like, no. Why? The best part of this fight is it's the last UFC bout after watching an upteen amount of hours of UFC fights. At the very least, we could have got something crazier and zanier. Like we could, you know, sorry for the karma, Sean. We could go a very long day of decisions after decisions after decisions. This one won't go decision. There's no way. I can't see going to a decision. But yeah. Well, based on my calculations... About the same time that that fight's going on, we have a real heater on Bellator between Linton Vassell and Francis Carmote. Oh. <laughs> Put them all four in a cage, and they would find a way to make it more boring. No, I don't know. Maybe not Vassell. Maybe not Vassell. But Carmote, hell yeah. They're, they're... Who even takes the, the Carmote-Vassell fight over on Bellator 165? <sighs> Francis Carmon is another example of a fighter like Uriah Hall where it's like, just pull the trigger, man. Just pull the trigger. You're a smart guy. You're, you understand fighting, uh, but you got to pull the trigger and you got to just get a bit more aggressive. And whenever Francis does that, he did well. He did well. You know, and he, you know, it's, it's one of those things that even when, you know, the TriStar, tell him all the time, come on, pull the trigger. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So um, I don't know if he's going to emerge victorious, if he's going to win on Saturday night. But if he pulls the trigger, he'll win. Let's put it that way. In my opinion, Saturday has three MMA main events. Uriah Hall, Gegard Musashi, Ben Henderson, Mike Chandler, MVP, Fernando Gonzalez. Now, a lot of you are going, Sean, who in the hell is Fernando Gonzalez? Well, he's probably Michael Page's toughest challenge yet. He's won five in a row. In Bellator, he beat uh, Carl Parisian, Marius Zaramskis, Gilbert Smith, and they've been trying to put this fight together for a long time, and it hasn't happened. You can doubt a lot of things about Michael Page. You cannot doubt his power anymore because he caved a man's skull in. I have never seen that in MMA. What he was able to do to Cyborg, who is not a consistent fighter, but a very tough fighter. I have never seen anybody... Anything happened the way that that happened 
and you just see Cyborg feel his own head and dive towards the ground in fear. I've never seen that before, ever, much less out of him. This is going to answer a few questions for Michael Venom Page, but at 11-0, after this, where do you expect them to go with him if he wins? I don't know, Sean. I don't know. It seems that every time we think something good's going to happen at Bellator, guys get released, <laughs> right? I, I, I don't know. I'm done trying to almost predict or analyze what's going to happen. would love this guy. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. I'm just, it's just a confusing scenario. And, you know, I don't know. I, I've only met Scott Coker a handful of times and never really had the opportunity to have a sit-down conversation with him to discuss a bunch of things because when I did meet him, uh, it was when he was with the UFC. He had sold strike force and he had gone to the UFC and, we doing a blah, blah and the fake fictitious role that was never really announced as to what he's doing. Uh, but the mindset I had or the mindset of some of his decisions or like, where are they coming from? Is he just, you know, quote unquote, what people have called him a puppet for Viacom and he's just a, a guy or is he the guy, a guy really making those decisions? I'd love to know more because, you know, Paige is a guy that's a bad dude. So got to hold on to him. Yeah, and he's like he didn't look good on his back against Cyborg. He looked horrible on his back. He was flat on his back. So hopefully he's been working on that. However, despite that, he has shown that he has the skills to submit people, including with a friggin' Achilles lock, which you don't see it almost at any level these days. I've seen him choke people out. I've seen him land arm bars. So you never know what will happen, but, but I mean, the thing is, his fights always get finished, except for against Nishan Burrell, which may have been his biggest test to date before Cyborg. But the thing is, Joe, I'll always watch him. I'll always tune in and watch him. And ultimately, that's what you want. Also, I'm tuning in to watch Michael Chandler, Ben Henderson, Bellator lightweight title. I can't wait for this fight. Some things stylistically about Ben Henderson I worry about. Like a lot of times he does this thing where he, he strikes, and if he strikes and he's too close to the person, he immediately goes under hooks. Now that's done to prevent somebody from trying to take you down. However, if you clinch with Michael Chandler, you probably stand a pretty good shot at getting taken down. So it's like a double-edged sword there. So Henderson will have to find a way to stay at range. But then you have to worry, even at range, about the power of Michael Chandler. That's not something we've seen a lot of from Benson Henderson, is a lot of power. But we know that he can go five rounds in his sleep without getting tired. What are you expecting out of this fight? I think your audio is out, Joe. I think you're on mute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.